everyone, and welcome to the Nerd Room, where we talk all things comics and movies. This is episode number 48. We're discussing the Wonder Woman trailer. Woo! I'm your host, Tim. I'm Sanjay. I'm Troy. And we're coming hot off the heels of one of the most contentious, <laughs> divisive elections in American history. You know what, guys? We're not political commentators. We're not going to sit well, here we're and not? jump into a debate that could divide some of our <laughs> audience here. And this isn't a forum for us to project our political views or anything like that onto our listeners. But I do have one thing to say. Let's just, let's just try some hope instead of fear. Let's try <laughs> loving instead of hating. I'm tired of people drawing these artificial borders across race and religion and all this just be nice to each other, guys. That's all I'm going to say about that. Well, yes. you know, I'm going to tie that in. I'm going to quote one of my favorite movies of all time, Batman v Superman. At the end, men are still good. So just remember that, folks. I mean, that's an uplifting message from one of the most depressing superhero movies of all time. <laughs> Agreed. Be nice to one another. Is that... Okay, I got to ask you a question. What is the more decisive thing this year? The election or Batman v Superman? The election. Yep. I don't know. I, we've had more debate between the three of us about the merits of Batman v Superman than I had about Trump or Hillary. That's because we don't cover politics. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. We reviewed Doctor Strange last week and we completely skipped our normal news segment. So this week we're going to go through the last two weeks of news, which does include a massive Wonder Woman trailer, the second trailer to debut, and probably one of the best looking films in the dc cinematic universe at least from a trailer perspective <laughs> hey the trailers have all been great you can't say anything about all three movies have had great trailers i was never big on the suicide squad one really no i was never really big on it the batman v superman one did have one that was kind of a fail with yeah, the doomsday, the doomsday reveal. reveal yeah yeah but i love the man of steel trailer i love the first batman comic-con uh, trailer. Oh, I yeah. love that one. That was incredible. And I'm loving everything from this uh, Wonder Woman, Petty Jenkins uh, movie going on here. Yeah. I, I know I always knock the tone of the DC movies for not having any sort of hope built into them. But the trailers really do emphasize that and they really capture that tone. That's why Man of Steel worked for me, the trailer. Yeah. The first Batman vs Superman worked. And I think this one works as well because it plays to the tone of the movie. Suicide Squad saw an evolution of the trailer through into whatever it turned out to be, right? Yeah. This, this neon light sort of giant mess of a, of a trailer. Yeah. And it, that's not what the movie was. And I, so I'm hoping that when we discuss Wonder Woman here, that we're going to be discussing the movie. They're showing us what the tone is and the mm -hmm. change. You see that from, I think, the colors and the palettes that they're using from scene to scene here, that they're trying to convey something completely different. Yeah. But we're going to get into all that. we got a ton of news to cover. We have news. Yes. So last week, episode 47, we reviewed Doctor Strange. Woo, Doctor Strange. <laughs> you've had some time to sit on to think about it, guys. Yes. Any changes in thoughts on that movie? Love this movie still, man. It's it's high up there on my Marvel list. Well, yeah. I, I'm still teetering. You know, I had to see it again, give it a second look. Some things I didn't like, some things I love. So I'm not going to go either way yet. I do want to have a second viewing before I make any final decisions. Tim? I'm still loving this. It's pushed me into at least attempting some of these new number one Doctor Strange books, oh. Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme. And it's got me a little further into going back and rereading some of the older Doctor Strange stuff to try to appreciate the character, his evolution in the comic books a bit more. Now, episode 46, we went through a what I'd call a short history, a brief history of Doctor Strange in the comic books. And that's something I want to expand myself on from seeing this because he's going to have an impact in the MCU going forward. And I want to understand this character and where potentially it could go and which stories I'd like to see adapted. Yeah, Shouldn't... absolutely agree. I'm definitely going to pick up that Oath book too um, on trade. 
yes. for sure. Because I heard this movie does take a lot of uh, bits and pieces go. from it, right? It's a great yeah. starting point. And that's where I kind of jumped into Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And it's a great jumping on point for at least understanding the character a bit more. And it, it kind of dumbs down and, and doesn't really go abstract with the art, with the, the, the magic and all that. It kind of keeps it how the movie had it, Awesome. Right? Oh, sweet. Shouldn't he be called Surgeon Strange? I mean, he's not like a doctor. He's a surgeon, right? So shouldn't that be his official title? Surgeons are doctors. <laughs> yeah, but like... You know, it's like Don't you surgeon. watch Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> no. That's, that's literally how I understand hospitals. That's exactly how it works. One, everyone sleeps with each other. <laughs> yes. And two, everyone has these really dramatic and life-altering conversations over top of open bodies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's extremely good-looking. Yes, that's that's also key for us. <laughs> but Doctor Strange topped the weekend box office again here domestically, North America, and internationally. So it took in $43 million and $60 million internationally. So this movie is absolutely killing it. Wow. It had one of the lowest second weekend drops of all comic book movies this year. Impressive. Which is quite an impressive feat. Yeah. This whole week, actually, all the movies had yes. a pretty low uh, drop. Yeah. Even Trolls, I think 20%. Yeah. It's crazy. I've Everyone's... got that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to run into Fantastic Beasts and where to find them this weekend. So you can probably see Doctor Strange at least going down to two or three mm-hmm. this weekend. That's but a lot of magic. This thing, <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah, it's a magical-filled weekend. Yeah. <laughs> But by this time next week, I presume that globally, at least, this is going to surpass Ant-Man's $519 million tally, because it's sitting currently at $494 million globally. Really Mm -hmm. good. So this is a certified hit. It's it's loved by audience, almost almost universally here. There are pockets here, and Mm -hmm. we did talk about the idea that it was hit and miss in some areas and some aspects of Mm -hmm. it, but for an abstract character, for what you would call maybe a Marvel comic C-list character... When referring to the general audience of, of understanding Marvel Comics, it, it's doing really well. It's going to get a sequel for sure. Mm-hmm. We're going to see Doctor Strange a lot going forward here, I think. Yeah. Great word of mouth, too, you yeah. know, going on with this movie, which has helped a lot. The yeah. one thing I had questions about, I find it kind of interesting, the budget for this movie, $165 million. It's kind of low, don't you think? I mean, for a big blockbuster with so many cool visuals and so many awesome action scenes... I was expecting at least two hundred. Well, I don't know. One hundred sixty-five is quite a bit, though. That's, I mean, that's it's nothing to sneeze at. When you even at. go back to um, Titanic, that's yeah. ninety million to make. At one point, that was like huge. That's record breaking. Yeah, but that's like yeah. thirty years ago, twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I see that though. One hundred sixty-five looks right for this movie, I in think, my opinion. At yeah, because yeah. I think Suicide Squad was. I've, I'm just throwing this off the top of my head. Yep. One seventy-five, maybe two hundred. Wow. So for this to like cost and Batman v Superman two fifty, I yeah. think Captain Spider Man two hundred, I think amazing Spider Man two. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Civil War was two fifty, I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't know if it was that much. It's quite expensive. It's probably yeah. upwards of one ninety, I would think. Yeah, yeah, look at the cast they had yeah. in there. Massive yeah. cast. Massive and cast. they also got taken into consideration too. I think some of the visuals, yeah, they're heavy visuals, but they're all more or less kind of conceived on the computer screen. It's not a lot of mocap or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's a difference in your your CG if it's mocap like a Hulk type thing right. where mm-hmm. you're doing humans, you're doing hairs, you're doing Rocket Raccoon or Groot or something, right? That's right. And locations probably too, yeah, right? So, they, yeah, uh, exactly. Civil War had a lot of different location shoots. And even yeah, yeah you look at um, Doctor Strange; it just had the location in Tibet or wherever it was. It had the location in New York, and, and the that's hospital. more or right. less it, right? Yeah. So 
yeah. you're you're not as diverse as you do get with some of these bigger movies like Batman v Superman, even Suicide Squad, right? Yeah. You have a lot of mocap going on there. You have a lot of cast. You're Will Smith. You're probably paying twenty million dollars to be in this oh, movie. Oh, at least, right. yeah. So yeah. Danny Cumberbatch is playing two characters in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's how poor they were. Um, so we have uh, ran out of uh, money. So you're gonna have to pay or play Rachel McAdams' character yeah. as well. Maybe just do a voiceover. <laughs> yeah, you're all the characters. The so Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch. You're all seven characters in the film. Can you also play Wong? <laughs> but Doctor Strange has helped Disney reach its largest domestic haul ever. Wow. wow. And this is without Rogue One. Wow. So it's it's Whoa. topped its previous year at $2.3 billion domestically. It's grossed so far this year. And like I said, it's without probably what's going to be close to, if not their biggest movie. Yeah. And they're holding down the four largest movies globally with Cap 3, Finding Dory, Zootopia, and The Jungle Book. Rogue One's going to slide in there wow. somewhere. And they also have the animated movie still with The Rock, with the, oh, the Hawaiian yeah. one. Yeah. That's going to hit huge yeah. for the kids. Yeah, Mona or Moa or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so, jeez. So you yeah. hear all that and you think, okay, Disney's doing pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they must be raking in the money. Oh, yeah. No. They're actually like doing pretty poor as a company right now um, with ESPN, because that's like losing a ton of money for them. I think like their stock's down um, at the, from the beginning of the year, so kind of interesting that really? they're yeah, yeah they're having all these big hits and yet they're still kind of struggling a little bit. So you got to wonder what other areas of Disney is not really pulling their weight around. There's got to be a big black hole somewhere because yeah. you think Disney alone, the property, oh, the yeah. parks, and all that. Yeah, you've got Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and then their own properties. Yeah, I don't know how they're not just raking in money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, ESPN is what I'm hearing. It's like really just just a money pit right now and. They've got to get rid of that, and then they'll be fine. I didn't even know they had ties with ESPN. Oh, yeah, because they, they own, own ABC and ESPN. Oh, yeah, sorry, they yeah. own, like, everything. Yeah, yeah. Speaking about ABC, <laughs> yes. so The Inhumans are back. This was a movie that was slated to come out in 2019, got pushed to 2020, yes. and was quietly pulled off of the MCU slate earlier this year. So this okay. is something that seems to have been stuck in a bit of development hell. We did have their debut in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and a pretty extensive storyline continuing through into the current season, focusing on minor and human characters. The Terriginum bomb had gone off in the, in the, on the planet, and it looked to be that this was going to be at least the strongest tie that that TV show had to the film universe. There are in TV series references to the wider universe, but never in the reverse. Yeah. So this looked like it's going to be kind of the, the connecting link. But because now it's off the slate... Marvel, ABC, and IMAX has now teamed up to co-produce an Inhumans movie-slash-TV series. And this is going to be one of the most unique releases of all time. This news just literally dropped about an hour ago. I'm so confused right now. So what they're going to do... So this is Inhumans. It's going to be focused on Black Bolt and the royal family. So proper Inhumans, Karnak, Lockjaw, Medusa, all these characters that you are going to see... In the film, likely. So that's, you know, he can't talk. He's got a whisper. Oh, he, right? Yeah, you can see he talks. He's like really loud voice yeah. kind of dude. Okay, okay. What they're doing, they're filming the first two episodes in IMAX format. And they're going to have a release exclusively for two weeks on IMAX screens, probably sometime in the summer. Followed by the debut of the full ABC weekly series in the fall of 2017. Wow. So this this is spanning (laughs) two types of media. So this is a whole new format of doing things. It looks like it's going to be a shortened season, probably eight to ten episodes. So we're going to dump a ton of money, Game of Thrones type of money, into these episodes here. And this is going to be an epic event. So spanning 
two weeks for the two first pilot episodes in IMAX screen and then transferring back onto an ABC weekly series. So is those two pilot episodes then considered the movie? Well, it's more or less a movie. I don't know if they're going to be showing both episodes back to back or if they're going to be essentially an hour and 15 minute long movie, so a short movie compared to what we're getting with the two hour movie plus. Yeah. Or if it's going to be an episode one week, an episode the next week, and you got to pay 20 bucks per episode to get in. I think they're going to be re-aired on the one they kind of debut in the fall with the full series. But it's an opportunity to go and see the Inhumans on the big screen. And being that they're filming completely in IMAX, the same way they're doing Infinity War, they're going to probably be filming some pretty epic scenes. Yeah. Yeah. It screams a lot of confidence coming from Disney because they're asking you for quite a lot on the Inhumans. Because Inhumans, like I was talking to you a bit before, they're not that well known. They're not Iron Man. They're not Batman. They're not the Guardians. Yeah. So to ask an audience to go pay twenty bucks, and I'm guessing for you know um, two episodes combined in one movie experience, because they ask them to come out twice to yeah. see two pilots. That's that's pretty risky, that's a lot. right? It's forty yeah. bucks, right? And then they got to stay consistent every week watching the show for eight or nine episodes. So. They must have something really good up their sleeve going on here that yeah. we don't know about because that's that's huge. But I like what they're doing here because we mentioned before um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones does something similar with their shows. I can't remember if it's the premieres or if it's the season finales, but the last couple of seasons they have been putting those episodes on the big screen, which is a really cool experience. So nice. I love what they're doing. They're changing the game here. They're very confident, and I can't wait to see this on the big screen. I, I can't wait to see uh, Black Bolt no. and Medusa. Those are my two favorite Inhumans, just because those are the only ones I really know. <laughs> I'll be honest, so I, I can't wait to check that out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to give it a go, I think, unless it's 20 bucks per episode, yeah. then I might just give it, because that's like two Steelbooks, guys. So. <laughs> Marvel uh, Legends. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, the $20 bill should have a Steelbook on it. It's like one Steelbook. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's something different, as Troy said. And, you know, I'll give it a go if it's not too expensive. They might make it cheaper. You know, like... Uh, yeah, 10 bucks per yeah, episode or something. Yeah, because, yeah, like, Batman v Superman, the trailer, they released that on IMAX. And I think it was free or something. So you could go and, like, check it out. But it was just, like, the trailer and then you left. So, I, I don't know. This is something different. I, I'm curious to see if this catches on. Yeah. You know, is this going to be, like, a new trend where to promote, like, the new season of The Simpsons or something? You know, the first episode on IMAX and then the rest on... Your TV? I don't That's know. That's right. Netflix series? Yeah. You know, you might have seen season two of Luke Cage on the IMAX. Oh, okay. Or, or Daredevil. Yeah. Oh. Well, they're making an event, right? Yeah. This yeah. is an experience now. This is beyond sitting in front of your 55-inch TV. This is going and seeing something on IMAX. Right. Film for IMAX in a completely different format than you're used to seeing a serialized TV show. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to bring people into it. And there's some pretty abstract concepts when it comes to humans. Very unknown characters. Even relative to, like you said, Troy guardians or the x-men or anything like that so i've had issues getting into the inhumans comic book so they started i think 2013 2014 trying to really pump the inhumans and you do see the comics reflecting at least what they're trying to do in film trying to get people prepped for coming into a movie introducing new characters and the inhumans have always been something i've struggled with because it seems like Every time you turn around, there's a new Inhuman with a new power, and yeah. it's a power of convenience, and we need a villain to do this. And you see that in Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. even sometimes. Okay. It's like you have just odd characters, almost like Freak of the Week type thing, yeah. where you just yeah. have an Inhuman shows up, and they can do X thing. They can turn into rock. They can they have electricity. So it's going to be kind of corralling a lot of that power sets in and trying to make these characters at least relatable. And there was talk of Vin Diesel playing Batman, so I don't know if they're going to bring in you know, big actors to play these yeah, characters. That's a big budget. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know how this is going to work, but yeah. I'm really excited for this. And it's, again, expanding on the MCU. They're 
like you said, Troy, changing the game. Yeah. We went net, down the Netflix series path with Luke Cage, Daredevil, mm-hmm. and all that. Changed the game. Now we're jumping into something completely different, different format, serialized in humans. I think they're going to benefit from a serialized TV show. Yeah. Because you can expand on these characters, you can grow with them. You're not relying on setting a foundation of a universe again with multiple characters in a two-hour movie. Yeah. So I yeah. think this is going to really, really benefit the film itself or Definitely. the TV show. It's right. Yeah. Sticking with Marvel. So I got I to gotta get your, your input here, Sanjay. So <laughs> okay. Marvel has now rebooted or soft rebooted. <laughs> So, if you can even call that so, their comic line again. <laughs> so they, we have, we had. Come this, on, guys! We went out of into the Marvel now in May yeah. of 2015. Okay, that was followed by the all new Marvel now, mm-hmm. followed by the all new, all different Marvel, and now we're back to Marvel now. So this is our new post Civil <laughs> War two line. Okay, and this is going to be expanding on some of the characters and the fallout from civil war two and all a whole bunch of new number ones and then revisiting some pre-secret war stories i just i just gotta get your thoughts <laughs> on from an outsider's yeah. kind of perspective here you, you know we've just gone through dc rebirth which has kind of flattened out this universe mm-hmm. and really expanded on some of our mainstay characters and trying to fix some of the missteps yeah of the new 52 what are your thoughts as an outsider of what Marvel continues to do in almost a season of Marvel as they're constantly changing, similar to what a TV series does every season? It it updates you and it gives you an avenue into the comic books. Like, what, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> well, okay, I'll, I'll start off. You know, Marvel, they do a lot of things well. Some of the best comic books we've ever gotten are from Marvel. Some of the best movies, TV shows, cartoons, action figures. You know, Marvel is a pretty successful company. But this drives me crazy. Like, I'm sorry. I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, okay? Okay, so you got your competitor, DC Comics. They've rebooted three times, like, renumbering three times, I think, in their history. And Marvel's renumbered three times since I've read comics. Probably even more. <laughs> well, they're on their fourth since their May fourth. 2015. Yeah, so since, what, since May 2015? I believe so, yeah. So it's not even been two years? Mm-hmm. Yep. So every six months, they're rebooting. Scary. Well, it's not really rebooting. Well, it's just re-num- renumbering and trying to provide avenues in for new comic careers. Yeah. yeah. But you see in a lot of these series, it's not really that. Yeah. And no. Like, you look at The Unworthy Thor number one that came out. It's... Mm-hmm. It's fantastic, and I would highly recommend getting into that. But it picks up on original sin and pre-Secret War storyline of Thor. And even some of the Thor's book that's within the Secret Wars large event. And it picks up on all that. So you have to read all that. It's really confusing if you haven't read that stuff. And I haven't read the New Avengers, but Troy, you're saying that it has basically ties to the all new all different events right yeah it's it's still mark wade that yeah. does that one it's 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 cool i really like what they did with the, you know the all new all different marvel line with avengers but the art here is a little funny um mike mike delmondo i believe is the artist for this one and his it's a little abstract it doesn't really fit avengers mm-hmm. i mean you know when you think of avengers you think of mighty and epic yeah. and uh, this story is a little linear it's um kang the conqueror who's yeah. back oh, okay. in so that's, that's always cool. a good yeah that's always a cool thing and spider-man's back on the team nice. so that's always cool and he's kind of like the iron man in a sense where he uh, funds the team because he has parker industries he's rich so he's on the team but they kind of form this new team and it's kind of random they uh they meet up with um hercules and 
and he yeah. just kind of stumbles along and joins the team. <laughs> so I don't know. It's it's not a great first number one. Yeah, that's for sure. And the problem is with these comic books right now is and I'm not bashing Marvel here. I'm mm-hmm. going to read this until the day I die. Yeah. <laughs> but they're doing the same thing they did with Secret Wars. Is they have all these Marvel Now books coming out, all these new number ones, and they're the fallout from Civil War Two, and we still get two issues of Civil War exactly. to come out. Exactly. And so I'm not doing the same thing I did with Secret Wars. Is wait patiently for it to end before it's can't read. do it because I'm yeah. still behind. I feel from that event. <laughs> for I sure. still have never really caught up from waiting two months for that event to finish to pick up on all the new number ones. Yeah. And so I feel myself lagging here. So I'm trying to jump into these books early and get a real first impression of these because, like I've always said with trailers with comic books you have a trailer and you have a comic book to hook me if you can't yeah. do that with a number one i'm out yeah yeah and some of these books are doing that occupy avengers another great one focusing around hawkeye mm-hmm. focusing on the little the little man kind of a robin hood-esque type story cool. great story nice. Troy, you're saying prowler number one is good. prowler number one's cool the hoagie brown um this guy was uh an inventor all right, and he works with Spider-Man. He actually used to be a bad guy, but now he kind of fills in for Spider-Man because he's so such a big-time uh, superhero now. And he's basically been killed by the Jackal, but he's been brought back to life, and now he's working for the Jackal, even though he doesn't know his full intentions, whether they're good or bad. So it's a great pickup. I like that one. So pick up Prowler number one. So you got the Prowler. So yeah. did he just, like, roam around neighborhoods, peeking in windows at women <laughs> as they change? Sounds bad. No. <laughs> yeah. Prowler's been around uh, probably late 80s. Oh, I'm sure Prowler's yeah. been around for a long time. <laughs> he's, been around, he's been around for a while. He kind of has, like, the Wolverine Claws, kind of Batman Moon Knight-like. Oh, okay. Um, he's a really cool character. They're giving this guy a hard push. Uh, Tim and I were talking before. I really think this guy's going to pop up in probably Homecoming or at least in the Spider-Man universe movie, cinematic universe at least. Oh, okay. He'll pop up. But he's cool. And um, yeah, he, he's uh, it's a great pickup. So check yeah, it out. Sure you know? he is. Sure he <laughs> is. <laughs> Do you know who's cool? The Vulture, guys. I mean, he's 80 years old and he can fly. He's super cool. Michael Keaton. Yeah. Michael Keaton, that's right. Big news, yeah. Yeah. I think look for cues here, though, because I, I really think that you're correct here, is mm-hmm. that a push for Prowler, yeah. and I wouldn't be surprised if we get a Marvel Legend because yes. we've seen cues Ooh. as we get uh, Hellcat and yeah. all these figures that pop up, and then all of a sudden they're in Netflix series. Exactly. And you get their comics pushing here just to test the water for these characters. That's right. And then they're in the MCU movies. That's right. Mockingbird, too, I yeah. think, right, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And so you see a lot of these. And there's a couple other comics coming out. There's Black Panther and the World of Wakanda. Right. So that cool. drops That dropped last week. Mm-hmm. And there's Clone Conspiracy starting up here. And the infamous Iron Man with yes. Doctor Doom as Iron Man. So yep. there's a lot of exciting titles from Marvel coming out. And I'm excited for this relaunch more so than I was for All New Old Different. Mm-hmm. I think this kind of is constraining back to the characters that we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And we still have the ongoings like Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson kind of carrying through this and not renumbering here. So yeah. it's kind of a mixed bag of comic renumbering yeah. and what they're doing. And they're kind of stamped with this all new Marvel now or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And so I say for those that are reading Marvel comics or trying to get into Marvel comics, this probably isn't the best way to jump in. <laughs> yeah, I would still go back to your you know, almost AVX type 2000, yeah. 2014 infinity, get into that type comic book. If you're trying to jump into this or even the only all different isn't bad because they really don't reference much of secret wars. Yeah. So if you have an understanding of the characters from the films, mm-hmm. it's a bit harder to translate in because the characters are so different now, Yeah. but they seem to be kind of coming back to their status quo, Steve Rogers, Thor, yeah, those type that's characters, right. right. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of weird. I mean, DC DC's definitely had more reboots because they actually like literally reboot the whole uh, universe. Whereas yeah. Marvel really hasn't rebooted since the day they started. Yeah. You know, yeah. they've had like relaunches and like you said, they have um seasons going on, which is cool, yeah. but 
I don't think you necessarily have to renumber it. I think you can have, like, I think they've done it with certain comics where it's, like, a number one, but it still carries on from, like, issue six something or another, Usually right? what they'll do is, like, if you're at issue 12, they'll do 12.1. Yeah. And this yeah. will be, a, 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 like, an isolated story that kind of helps you jump into the right. comic book, and it's a change of a new story. And you usually get that every six issues almost. Yeah. It's, like, because six issues fits into a trade nicely, exactly. usually you get a new arc picking up in issue seven through 12. Exactly. And that'll fit. So that's kind of, I think, what they're doing here. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't always fully agree with it, but I'm fine with it because they continue to pump out good stories. Right. That's the important right. thing. Yeah, right? that's true. I mean, it would be cool to see, like, you look at Action Comics and Detective yes. Comics. It's cool that they went back to the original yeah, numbering. I love that. So, like, we're going to get a thousand pretty soon here. That's exactly. Amazing. I mean, you know, I love Marvel, that. will we ever get a hundred again? No, like, my Spider-Man, amazing Spider-Man ended at 700, and then we got um, Superior Spider-Man. And then I wish they went back to that numbering of the yeah. 735 or whatever have you, right? Yeah. So yeah. I guarantee what they're going to do when they get close to 800, they'll pick up the numbering. I again. really For, hope yeah, so. Yeah, anniversary issues, they're going to do that every single time. I really yeah. You'll see so. it go from... Probably like seven ninety five through yeah. eight hundred eight eight oh five, and then it'll come back to number one again and go for yeah, hundred so. issues, right? Yeah, because I got those short boxes to fill, guys. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> and Thanos, my yes. man, yeah, his <laughs> ongoing drops this week. I'm that so excited awesome. for this comic yep. book. We've had some really good mini series. He's coming big time in the MCU. He's getting Huge. his ongoing series here, which is going to be again going a bit into his backstory and then foregoing. He's back. He was eliminated in Secret Wars, mm-hmm. but he's coming back. He's popped up back again in Civil War Two and mm-hmm. had some push in there as well. And he, he kind of was the one that, spoiler alert here, killed Rhodey. Yeah, he's Whoa, come up on, guys. Himself, right? I was yeah. going to read it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and also announced was another Star Wars series. So we saw the end of Darth Vader and we got Dr. Aphra number one coming up here in mm-hmm. December. In February, just announced today on Monday as we're recording... Darth Maul five-issue comic book miniseries. Nice. Old master. Yes. It's going to be going back and telling his origin. It's going to be a pre-Phantom Menace timeline or time frame set comic book exploring Darth Maul's training and relationship to Darth Sidious. Oh, And I just can't wait. This is going to be our (laughs) earliest canonical piece of material in the Star Wars universe. That's Really exciting to see that announced. Five issue miniseries. They've been killing it on these, keeping it short, keeping it simple, mm-hmm. not dragging on the story, getting straight to the point. I'm really excited for this one. I can't wait. I know the Plagueis story isn't technically canon, but it hasn't actually been dismissed mm-hmm. in the new Star Wars. So I'm wondering if any tissues will be pulled or any strings I'm will be sure pulled. Sure, there will be. You know what I mean? Because that'd be pretty cool to see if maybe if Plagueis is even around during that time, if he wasn't killed off yet, right? All right, now shifting gears to the DC universe. Now. Everyone was freaking out on the internet about this. Young Justice Season 3 on Netflix. Yeah! I have no idea what this is. All right. Can you guys enlighten me? Are you sitting down, Tim? I'm I'm prone. Okay, I want you to do do a visualization exercise with me, okay? All right. Okay, close your eyes. Okay, now you're at Skywalker Ranch. Mm -hmm. And George Lucas comes up to you and says, Tim, I got this great idea. We're going to do prequels to the Star Wars movies. And I want you to write The Phantom Menace. Okay? I'm in. Yeah, you're in? <laughs> That's what it feels like to get Young Justice in. Like That is like the level of excitement as a Young Justice follower. Yeah. Like, here is a show that we thought was dead. Buried. Yeah. It was gone. We're not going to see Michael Jordan play any more basketball games. Unless we put in our Space Jam Steelbooks, which hit the stores tomorrow. You know, we're not going to see Wayne Gretzky play hockey again. Thing? Yeah, the, the Space Jam yeah, you're Steelbook. Yeah, talking about that, yeah. 20th right. anniversary, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
You in? You all know where Sanjay is. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> we won't see Gretzky play hockey again. We won't see another like Titanic movie or you know some of the stuff that's the greats that are gone. You know X Men, the animated series. Not seeing that again. Batman, the animated series. Nope. But it lives in the comic books. X Men ninety two. Go yeah, check it out. Yeah. yeah. But okay. So here's the great thing about Young Justice. I feel like it was the first TV show or movie in DC history to really shine the spotlight, but not on the big three which is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. It gave a light to lesser-known characters like Dick Grayson, and he became Nightwing? Yeah, he grows in that. From season yeah. one to season two, you get the original Boy Wonder becoming the man himself, Nightwing, the best DC character ever invented. You heard it wow. here first. Love that guy. That's that's my favorite DC character. Just, just love the tell. dick? <laughs> <laughs> we'll stick with Richard. Just call him Richard. <laughs> And then not only that, you got Batgirl. Yeah, she was introduced season two, I think, in that yeah. one, right? Yeah. You had um, Lobo appeared in an episode. Yeah. The best version <laughs> of Aqualad we've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just focused more on the sidekicks and uh, Miss Martian. Speedy. Uh, Speedy, Zatanna. Possibilities are endless. And then it ended on quite possibly one of the best cliffhangers with Darkseid and Vandal Savage renewing alliances as you will and mm-hmm. then you're just like all right let's see them go to earth and let's see the young justice team take them on and then you know it's done it's done and then you know this is so cool going into uh justice league i mean i don't know it hasn't been confirmed actually for aquaman it hasn't been cur- confirmed i believe if black Manta's is in it oh. but if you go back and watch young justice yes this will educate you on that character and you will love this character and you'll hope to see this guy in an aquaman movie because what this show does for not only just the sidekicks but for the villains too yeah you really get a whole new grasp of the dc universe um, on another level so I, I can't wait to see season three i can't remember was donna troy in this i don't think she was but she might have been no i don't think donna troy was in this one no no you know it's like a good show with like characters that you don't really get a lot of you know a lot of press for in the dc universe so it was really cool to see a whole spectrum uh they had uh, Superboy in there as well oh, he was great his yeah run. And tim drake you know tim we haven't drake. seen tim drake since uh the original adventures of batman and robin yeah so i should go check out season one and two is oh yeah yes. it's on netflix actually uh, yeah. is it yeah yeah i think only u.s because i tried to find it in canada and i couldn't find it i must have had the u.s one so yeah, I mean, I, they haven't announced if this show's going to be on Netflix or CW yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it's on Netflix. It'd be really cool to have it all out at once. It'd be the first time ever I could binge watch binge a show. Watch yeah. You think they'll do another time jump like they did? Because I think from season one and two, it must have been... Five years. Yeah, because yeah. Nightwing's grown quite a bit. Right? Yeah. yeah. He went through puberty. His voice got deeper. Had acne. Started noticing girls. <laughs> Sleeping with Starfire. Oh like yeah, was he? Oh, well, he did in the comics. I yeah. assume he did in the cartoon. <laughs> it's a cartoon, so enough of that. <laughs> so this is another instant of Netflix taking an older show and reviving yes. it for the fans, for everyone that's been asking for it, and Netflix has just been killing it on this frontier. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to this. I, I think we should actually, I don't know when it debuts, actually. I'm not uh, sure. It'll be a while, because yeah. I still got to like animate it. Yeah, it'll take a while it. with animation, yeah. But they do have the original voice actors coming back. I oh, think well, you that's huge. Right? Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So we're probably looking at a year from now, I would say. Mm-hmm. So we got a little bit of time to catch up on season one, season two before this actually drops. Yes. Unfortunately, it doesn't have a very good DVD release. Like it's in one of those ones where it's like season one, part one, season one, part two. You're like, just give me the whole season and, you know. Maybe if I will find an iTunes or something. Like yeah. That easy, I think. But this iTunes. for an animated show, I definitely goes out there with Spectacular Spider-Man and the Mighty Mighty Avengers. Um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Some it's of the newer ones, yeah. With, yeah. Yeah. So go there check out go. those three animated series because they're all great. 
Absolutely. Obviously. And jumping over to the DC Cinematic Universe. So this is our weekly segment. What shenanigans is WB and DC up to this week? <laughs> they're all really nice people. I don't know why the internet has this hate on for them. You know, they're really nice people. I've met them personally. All the screenwriters, all the directors, all the behind-the-scenes people. Affleck. I've met Ben. Oh, Big Ben. Me and him go way back. Yeah. Back to his... Um, Oh, Daredevil days. Daredevil and um, the movie with Robin Williams. And Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting, oh, yeah. yeah. So were you able to get him a comment on the fact that his script for Batman <laughs> is garbage? Okay. okay, I'm going to set the record straight. I'm oh, sorry, I banged. I was too busy upset. This rumor is horseshit. <laughs> Here's the thing. So the writer of the book, American Psycho, film with um, Batman himself, Christian Bale. Good movie. Check it out if you guys get a chance. He did an interview, I forget with who, and he's like, he says, oh, I went up and I heard from a friend of a friend that they heard from the executives at WB that the script is so bad that they have like 30% of the script is garbage, but they said it doesn't really matter because 70% of the money comes from foreign um, countries anyways that don't speak English, so it doesn't matter. And then everyone freaks out on the internet. Oh my god, the Batman's going to be the worst movie ever. Worse than Batman and Robin. Ah! But in actuality, he clarified, you know, I was just using that as an example to show about the way... <laughs> the way... <What? laughs> yeah, so he's saying that's just an example about the way um, cinema is going these days where a lot of people are pandering to foreign audiences. And he said, you know, if the script was bad, then the executives probably wouldn't even care. So it, it's a nonsensical, a friend of a friend of a friend rumor. I put zero stock into this at all. Yeah. I think it's just stupid and should be dismissed and should be left to die with, I don't even know. Left the to rumors that Sue says go ahead and bet Exactly, because we all know how much. I gotta get my jab. Oh, the jab is an uppercut, man. I'm still sensitive, okay? I don't know. I think there's probably a little bit of truth to this. Mm. I wouldn't say it's probably a mess or a garbage or anything like that. Mm. I find it really funny that there's this guy going around saying, Batman scripts a mess, and then coming back and saying, no, this is a social experiment right. because I just yeah. want to prove that the internet's fucked up. <laughs> but it just seems funny that this constantly keeps coming out. And mm. my guess is that Affleck hasn't really had much time with the script, and mm. his track record is really good with directing yeah. and writing and all that. Yeah. So, the confidence is there, and I don't think as a fan himself, from even the sentiment and the way that Batman vs. Superman was received, how he felt about that, mm -hmm. I think he probably took that really personally. Oh, yeah. And isn't yeah. going to let this Batman movie even... It doesn't matter what the executives say on that. Mm -hmm. He's going to make a good movie. He's a filmmaker. He has passion in what he does. Mm -hmm. And that's what you need on a project like this. Mm -hmm. Someone that cares. He's a Batman fan through and through. Yeah. And he's a capable director, a capable writer. And so I have the utmost confidence that, yes, the script may be in a bit of disarray right now, mm -hmm. but he's probably at his first, second, third draft of this thing. Some of these things go through numerous, numerous rewrites and oh, edits yeah. and all that oh, yeah. to make sure it fits not only into the continuity that they're building, yeah. but also the character itself. And trying to bring something new, a different spin to Batman is really important. So it may take a few drafts to kind of iron out some of the wrinkles that this character has in this universe already as well as what's kind of being pulled out of the the justice league movie too so i agree with you sanjay that it's probably a lot of crap there's probably a little bit of truth to it in the end of the day though because my my opinion on rumors is 
they're somewhat always seated in some sort of truth or reality yeah. and they're just kind of blown up like telephone tag right it's, yeah. he said she said type thing yeah no I think I think we're in good hands I mean first of all Batman's the flagship for WB oh, this yeah. is their baby they're not going to let anything happen uh, Ben Affleck's track record is great he's done Argo he's done Gone Baby Gone he's done uh, The Town I mean this guy's great he knows what he's doing when it comes to directing mm-hmm. he has a bat cave in his house yeah. for crying out loud this guy loves the character he's going to treat it right so I don't know what this whole source is or what's going on there, but I think we're all in good hands here. I mean, I have some pretty big confidence in uh, the Wonder Woman movie, and I have a lot of confidence in the Batman movie, if if anything, in this DC extended view. (laughs) Did you guys hear the rumor about Justice League? That it's awesome? Yeah, I've heard a rumor. Mm -hmm. So take just as much grain of salt as the Batman script is garbage, I guess. But Mm -hmm. this might be a little bit more reliable because I like this rumor better. (laughs) But uh, they said that this is something that's totally different than anything Snyder's ever done before. They've kind of reined him in a bit with this Justice League film, and they said it's just spectacular. But who's saying this? Is this the executives Sun again? Sanjay's saying because, this. Because the executives came out <laughs> saying they got the first screen of Batman vs. Superman, and they said this was incredible. They gave it a standing ovation. Right. And yeah, I did, exactly. I did, too. And I did, too. Yeah. I might have been the only one. (laughs) I slow clapped and no one continued. (laughs) It's like, this isn't how it goes in the movies. You guys are supposed to cap with me. Yeah. I kind of said clap, but I like missaid it. Like, you guys are supposed to crap with me. (laughs) (laughs) This is an excellent segue into our main topic for this episode. The Wonder Woman trailer. So this is the second trailer dropping Mm -hmm. post Comic-Con. And it really expands on what we saw from the previous trailers. This is, again, I usually don't go this far into trailer watching for these particular movies. But I do have a bit of a vested interest in understanding a little bit more of the direction of this movie. Both from a cinematography perspective, how it's going to look. Mm -hmm. As well as a bit on these characters. So we're going to do like we've done with the Logan trailer and the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So we're going to chronologically step through this trailer as it plays in the background on mute here. And just talk about some of the highlights from this. And what we see as being different from what we've seen in in the DC Cinematic Universe. What's contrasting. And what we see is very, very similar, maybe picking up on some of the cues from Batman vs. Superman and leveraging that into the movie, even though this is considered a prequel movie. This is DC's first step into a female-led superhero, actually almost industry-wide, Whoa, too. Catwoman! Yeah. <laughs> Electra, uh, Supergirl! And actually, uh, going off that, they did actually just announce, I think today or yesterday, they got a writer for Birds of Prey, the Harley yeah, Quinn Yeah, that so. looks really good from what I've... Um, the rumors from what I've heard? No, I'm just kidding. But uh, just from just uh, just thinking about it, I think that has potential as that's well. What, that's a Harley Quinn movie? Yeah. 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 It's Harley yeah. Quinn. Well, in, the, in the comics it isn't. In the comics it's yeah. a Bat, Batwoman, uh, Catwoman, sorry, Batgirl, and uh, Black, uh, Black Canary. Canary yeah. yeah, exactly. It was a TV show for like a week. On Fox for a second. Uh, Batman yeah. showed up for, I think Batman. Yeah, is Batman yeah. and Catwoman had a child yeah. and then their child was a daughter and then I think they both left and then she had to run Gotham. And the audience left and yeah. the show got cancelled. <laughs> but I, I think this has potential, you know, but... Uh, Let's, let's get into some Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're just loading it up now. So Okay, so here we go. She's opening up the uh, briefcase there. And if you look to the left of her, you see a handwritten note by Mr. Bruce Wayne. Oh, nice pickup. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so the note there is the Wayne symbol from BVS, and it looks to be written in pen. And So he must have uh, given this picture to her saying, you know, I found you or something. So I thought that was a neat little Easter egg that might tie into the movie. So possibly... 
This takes place in modern day, I'm assuming. Yeah, after BVS. After BVS. So cool. interesting because I didn't pick up on that initially. And now that you're saying this is taking place in three timelines, it seems to be coming out of Batman vs. Superman in a time frame where it almost essentially is trying to set up the Justice League. Yes. Yeah. And then it probably takes off back to the past to address this image where she's having at least some sort of flashback type thing, right? She probably like having coffee with Batman explaining her backstory. That's what I'm assuming. What do you think her accent here as she's talking over top of this? It's great. I like it. Spot on. It's cool because every time we've heard Wonder Woman in uh, any kind of uh, any kind of uh, media, it's, it's been like an American accent. Yeah. So I really like what Gal Gadot brings to this character. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, I think it's really cool how they, they've kind of taken this character and projected her into this more Greek mythology yes. type yeah. with an accent. You kind of a bit more believable there. Right, a little foreign, right? Was it as thick in Batman vs Superman, do you remember? I think it was. Yeah. She doesn't I, I think say it as was. much. She doesn't say yeah. as much, but I think it was. Yeah. You know, those little scenes that we got of her. Oh, yeah. 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 And then when we jump into, what, Themyscira? Yes. Here yes. it appears to be. The color palette completely changes oh, yes. from... Any center film, any DC Cinematic Universe yeah. film that we've seen before. You've got color. I absolutely <laughs> love how this looks. This is, again, very Beautiful. reminiscent of what yeah. we're going to see in Rogue One. This type of color palette here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not so much the content or whatever, but I just love this contrasting the teal blue with the sky and all that. Yeah. And how she looks in this. It, it's She almost looks kind of God-esque. Right? Yeah. yeah. Shot incredible. Yeah. I, I like the drab... Uh outfit that she has which is in contrast to the wonder woman outfit that she later dons in the film right and we see steve trevor here crashing his world war one plane mm-hmm. yeah so is themiscira something that isn't known by at least in the comic books known by the greater population no it's hidden the yeah. greek gods you know hide it away from man's world and i don't know why steve trevor something happens where he's able to crash land on Themyscira, and so that's the first sighting of man for most of these Amazons. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, because when you come on to this next scene, and I don't know how disjointed this trailer is from the actual movie, but the follow-on scene for this is implying that Steve Trevor crashes here, and then there's some larger battle with what appear to be German soldiers versus the Amazons. So cool. And I'm really, but I'm, it's really confusing from an outsider here. <laughs> Maybe we don't need to go into the depths here. We'll, we'll get that when we review this movie, but it's interesting on how they've cut this trailer to make it look like these are back-to-back scenes. Right. Yeah. I'm assuming they're probably either far apart or I, I'm guessing it's probably all part of the start of the movie, but I, I'm not sure the timeline here. It's a bit confusing. It could be kind of congruent, you know. So you have Diana and Steve Trevor in America or wherever world uh, in Europe for World War One, and then you have the Germans invading uh, Themyscira. So it could be like kind of two different uh, setups. This scene here, where she shoots the arrow and the uh, the rope, and then she slides down, shooting arrows at all the soldiers. So badass! And it's our first look at a, um, a Zack Snyder yeah uh, kind of direction here, right? This is very much his kind of shot. Yeah. yeah, they've taken a lot of cues from his movies here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's a stylistic thing from the director of this movie mm-hmm. or if they've been told to kind of pick up on that because they right. really do capture a lot of the Zack Snyder fight scenes, which is uh, somewhere I'll give him a compliment. Definitely. He does do <laughs> fight scenes really well. Yeah. He captures that right from Watchmen through into Batman vs. Superman. Mm-hmm. You do see that a lot. They didn't really parallel a lot of this in Suicide Squad. No, no. even it's... though he did shoot a scene in that, yeah. that movie. But this has a lot of 300 yeah, kind of yeah, that's, right? a, yeah, oh, yeah. that's a great, great. Yeah, exa- that, yeah, that's exactly it. Oh, the bullet right to the poor Amazonian. So, are other Amazons able to block bullets? Like uh, Wonder only Wonder Woman, uh, right. because of her bracelets. Yeah, those gauntlets that she carries. Yeah, right? so that yeah. Is, they're not kind of half bulletproof people or whatever. No, okay. no. 
So here we go. So Steve Trevor, they're asking him, you know, what what war? You know, he's like, I'm here to stop the war. And they're like, what war? And he's like, the war to end all wars. So you see there, he's kind of got like a gold reflection on him. Mm-hmm. He looks kind of bound up. I think he's bound by the lasso of truth in this scene. Okay, yeah. I see where you're going with yeah. yeah, because they're forced to tell the truth, obviously, when the lasso yeah, so, wraps around them. Exactly. Okay. So I thought that was cool. He's like, the word end all wars. And so here we hear, see some poison. Yeah, and again, mm-hmm. the color palette now, it's yeah. changed completely, right? From yeah. what I've seen on the island. Yeah. But, you know, is that a way to kind of contrast the lives? So you're in Themyscira, it's mm-hmm. like a paradise. Paradise, yeah. And then now you're in World War One, where it's hell. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that's very much what it is. And mm-hmm. I think it will probably work in this. You're going oh, yeah. from, yeah, again, that this paradise into something completely different and this again we're, we've gone back to the Zack Snyder-esque color palette here mm-hmm. which it'll be interesting to see it may do better in a World War One time frame compared to at least present day yeah, or Metropolis yes. yeah. <laughs> or it could use some color so we're getting you know what looks to be mustard gas or something that's amped up from mustard gas here and this Bond looking character who is yeah, this lady is this okay. so yeah. the rumor online floating around is she is Dr. Poison uh, old Wonder Woman villain who oh. is known to use different poisons to, uh, I think the original story was she used poisons to poison the U.S. Army okay. and poison armies and got them to do her bidding for her so she could use some sort of mind control. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're going to go with that angle or, you know, you see all the different gases and that could be something that's maybe a weakness to Wonder Woman is she can deflect bullets, but maybe she can't, you know, breathe in the mustard gas or something. That's right. And this next scene, we got the man himself, William Stryker, because this yeah. guy is always playing a big bad. He's not actually <laughs> William Stryker, but it's the same actor. I don't know his name. Uh, yeah, and Ares? Ares? <laughs> yeah. Well, Ares Possibly. is played by Sean, uh, John Bean. I, I, th- I thought so, but yeah. I haven't seen any confirmation of yeah, that. Yeah, but I heard he was meant to play him. So this scene here, you see him open the doors, and you look to the right. There's a picture on there, and someone online blew it up, and that's a picture of the German, um, the leader of Germany at the time of World War One. So this kind of confirms the uh, he might be part of the German army. Well, he definitely looks to be at least a German, like some yeah. sort of high ranking. Look at yeah. what he's wearing in that. He's got kind of the the German S type yeah. medallion and all that from at least pre swastika. So yes, you're looking yeah. at the crosses and all that. So mm-hmm. World War One type German soldier. He looks like a general or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking he's Ares. Or at yeah. least some form of Ares. Yeah. Maybe projecting himself into the okay. human yeah. state. Right, right. I can see that. God of War himself, okay. Yeah. Because he seems to be the, at least the big bad here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see some more Amazon shots. and So this here, she picks up the sword. She picks up the uh, shield. Now, is that sword the one that we saw in BBS? The same one? Because whenever she does, the, yeah. that sword is the sword of Zeus or whatever they say. And obviously, Zeus... In the comics, New 52, that's her dad. So I wonder yeah. if they're going to play off that, and that could be the same sword, which would be cool, because yeah. she does have a little connection with that sword in BBS, right? Yeah, yeah. no, totally. So here, this scene, I'm kind of, she's looking at her uh, Wonder Woman costume, which she'll adorn later on, kind of wondering, does this confirm, do you think, that they'll have the contest in order to see who is the best Amazonian to go back to man's land? The impression I get from this scene, at least from the trailer, is that she's going rogue here is that there's been some decision by the Amazons not to go to the aid of man yeah. to fight this war for yes. them. And she's in there stealing this yeah. stuff and yes. going to steal the costume. And I didn't pick up that the costume was actually in the in the front of this scene. So mm-hmm. is a Wonder Woman costume more of a ceremonial type costume that's adorned by a particular type of Amazon? Or like what is it? Uh, I think it's different, different origins. But from what I remember... 
it was given to Wonder Woman because she won the contest okay, as the so best Amazon. The okay. But because it was red, white, and blue, because she's going to the USA, they said, you know, these colors adorn the country that you're going to. So in order to show respect for that country, um, we'll give you the colors of their flag. Okay, so again, the origin of, yeah, that look there, I, it looks like she's, I'm going to steal this. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think that's a missed opportunity. You have to have the contest. And this mm-hmm. scene here. So we've, we've got a little comedy in here, and Chris Pine himself... He is somewhat, he, he does have that ability to at least have well-timed comedic lines. Mm-hmm. And so I think that'll be an interesting contrast to the more stoic Wonder Woman Gal Gadot's kind of portrayal here. So this scene here, Patty Jenkins said, um, you know, is a throwback to the Christopher Reeves film where in the scene, it's Superman who blocks the bullet from yeah. Lois Lane. Right. But now they've updated it where Wonder Woman blocks the bullet from Steve Trevor. I absolutely love it. And that's one of my favorite scenes in here. Yeah. yeah. You can see how agile she is, right? Close quarter fighting. Exactly. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be filmed really well, too. Oh, yeah. That close quarter fighting is really hard to film, it looks yes. like. At least to do it right. Yeah. The costume design is going on here, right? It's great. It really captures uh, the moment of that time. You don't see a lot of World War One films, eh? It's mostly World War Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when you look back at World War One, it's a very different war, a very brutal war. Mm-hmm. It's also a war that a lot of people, at least our parents' age, our age, and that, I find that we relate a bit more to World War Two because mm-hmm. it's the most recent war. It shaped a lot of our current boundaries and a lot of the, the political, even up until today with Russia, U.S., mm-hmm. and all that. It shaped a lot of that, and so we really do focus in on that war in particular, because that was the last big war to end all wars, right? right? Yeah. It'd be interesting to see them leveraging a bit on World War One here. I, th- I think it's it's a good play for DC to go after this instead of trying to recreate a bit of the cap scenario. Yes. Yeah, that would have been straight um, comparisons throughout. Yeah. So here we have her coming out of the bunker. Yeah. The guy seen it in the background there oh, is amazing, man. his face. Yeah. <laughs> just blocking the bullets. And just, the costume. This yeah. costume is great. It looks way better this time around than the BVS, obviously, because it's more current. So you get the, the full color going through. Yeah. And again, that's the kind of the key thing with this trailer is the color, yeah. right? And even here, when we're getting the, you know, the explosion of the plane, we're back onto kind of the modern battlefield here. It lightens up again. Yes. It's yeah. not dark. Not everything's at night. Not everything's mm-hmm. going to piss and rain, right? Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like how they're changing the oh, colors. And here. then that scene there is, you know, looks like it was taken directly from BVS where Batman comes through the warehouse window. Mm-hmm. This time it's Wonder Woman through the warehouse window. Yeah. Are they going to do a Chris Pine... I am the grandson of Steve Trevor in present day. And have him play the same. Uh, I think they've said no. I think uh, he said no. He's not doing that. Because I like him in these type of movies. He's a great, you know, I know he's a sporting character here. And he does, he can lead a film. He's done that with Star Trek and other movies. But Mm -hmm. he's a great presence. And I think he's going to do really well in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a shame not to see him in present day. Yeah. Yeah, it it would be a little weird, right, to see the same character play (laughs) the grandson, right? Strange. But there's a reason why Wonder Woman left Man's World, right? She says that in Batman v Superman. So maybe, you know, the death of Steve Trevor or something is enough to push her over mm-hmm. the edge to not want to come back. Maybe. Yeah. So here we get a good, good look at the lasso of truth. Yeah. yeah. Um, this just looks great. After seeing Doctor Strange, especially now too, I'm really yeah. stoked to see what they do with this uh, this whip. Yeah. yeah. The fight scenes in this just look incredible. Yes. yes. And the slow-mo, you know, I sometimes have issues with it with the way the Snyder's film this, but some of these scenes, like the mm-hmm. fighting looks incredible. Yes. Yeah. A lot of slow-mo they've mm-hmm. taken advantage of here, though. So I'm wondering if that's going to wear a bit thin in the movie if mm-hmm. every fight scene is yeah. in slow motion right. or if they're going to take advantage of doing particular scenes in slow-mo and then really speeding it up because yes. the way that she moves and her agility and that like you mentioned Troy yeah. benefits from going quick you slow it, it down like that it really hampers like the agility of one mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah so here do you think she's flying is at she the flying end there? or is it just a jump 
I, I think she's flying. I don't know. She doesn't look like she's jumping. When you jump, you don't have your arms to your side like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like, it'd be interesting to take it down that path because she didn't fly in Batman vs. Superman, really. Mm-hmm. She kind of did no. those long jumps and punches. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I like Wonder Woman the best um, is when she has, like, the long jumps. I did like how the New 52 handled it where she did get the uh, the, le- the the feather from, yes. I can't remember one of the gods and gave her flight. I'd like to see her without flight, to be honest. Really? Yeah. See, I'm a pro-flighter. I like the invisible jet. <laughs> that'd be amazing. If they put the invisible jet in there, then they need to release the invisible jet action figure, and that'd be the best thing ever. I have it right here in my hands. Yeah. <laughs> There's an invisible jet Funko Pop right there that you can get. Really? Yeah. She's sitting in an invisible jet. That's amazing. There's also the Lego invisible jet that you can get as well. Sweet. So what do you guys think of them bringing back the most awesome theme music, Is She With You? And the WWF logo? Yeah. (laughs) I hate her theme music. Why? It's so good. I don't know. It just, you go through this whole movie and this trailer looks really good and then you get to this and I'm like, ugh, come on guys. Next time you're going to the gym, Tim, well that rhymed, Okay, play this theme music and you'll get pumped up and I bet you, you'll lift like 10% more. Yeah, see, it's funny. When you know I watch these Marvel movies and all these other movies and they all have their own little themes, I like them. When I first heard this theme in the BVS, I hated it. I thought yeah. it was horrible. But then it just, I think when I saw the theatrical cut and the more I listened to it and then yeah. this trailer came out, it really hit me and I, I really like how it's her own sound. It's so different than everyone else. Is it Hans Zimmer that did this one uh, as well? Junkie XL. Junkie XL did this yeah. one. I, yeah, that's great. She, yeah. It works for me in this trailer, but I, with BVS the first time watching it, I hated it. It took me right out of the movie. I, I like it because, <laughs> you know, in the comics, you always see Wonder Woman going to rock shows and rock concerts. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the guitar and stuff, it makes sense. Yeah, and she had that rock look for a little bit yeah. in the early, late 90s, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'm still not a fan. And then here we see, fan. you know, our friend Lucy Davis yeah. playing at a candy yeah, there. some comedy going on. Yeah, I think, I th- hopefully that they have this weaved in there nicely where I'm not going to say marvel type but at least something that we, we've seen the color palettes here we've seen the lightning yeah. up of the scenes yeah hopefully we see a lightning up of the dialogue yeah well. treat it like dr strange yeah. <laughs> honestly dr strange handled the humor so well yeah, yeah. see I, i'm gonna go the other way yeah. you know keep it different you know you can have a great action film with you know a little bit of comedy here and there i'm yeah. thinking lord of the rings you know they had good comedy sprinkled throughout yeah just keep it like that keep it light but make make it work right because yeah. it wasn't working in bbs yeah you need to have the characters and i think they did this well in dr strange yeah. and hopefully here you need to have the characters i'm gonna say like a han solo character that calls out the ridiculous things in the movie <laughs> yeah so yeah. Mumble jumbo a, yeah, yeah 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 exactly yeah. as a viewer you're like that's ridiculous and then you have a character that says that's ridiculous yeah. you're kind of like i can i can relate to that yeah. exactly. fine. i can accept what's going on yeah. yeah we're in a comic book movie here we're chucking one woman into world war one the same way we chuck captain america in world war two yeah. some of these concepts these elements of these movies are absolutely ridiculous yeah but if you have characters that call this out within the movie mm-hmm. i think it makes it just a bit more believable yeah speaking for the audience themselves yeah. right yeah. yeah she seems to be getting you know etta candy will probably be the comedic relief yeah and you know she may be the Han Solo who points out the ridiculousness mm-hmm. of the uh, some of the scenarios of the film. Yeah, and this is both trailers they've ended with her on a yes. comedic beat here. So yeah. I'm hoping they're not giving away all of her yeah, lines. Yeah, I hope so. And you know, hopefully they hit a bit better here. They're kind of it's they're out of context, right? So it's hard. Yeah. But you're trying to at least get that idea that there is going to be some of this contrasting dialogue between Etta Candy and and Wonder Woman here, and mm-hmm. that relationship growing. So. The tough thing about this, in the same way with, with Captain America, is a lot of the relationships that you do see developed in this movie, you're not going to see going forward in a sequel, yeah. right? And so that makes it sometimes hard to grasp these things. Like, 
Captain America was fortunate enough to be able to pull Bucky and those type of concepts in Arnim Zola, yeah. probably yeah. Red Skull eventually. You can pull yeah. a lot of those characters through. Maybe you can do that in the Wonder Woman universe. But that what's hard about period pieces is that you grow attached to a Steve Trevor or something mm-hmm. like that, and you can't pull those characters all the way through without doing something like a time jump or a grandson of Steve Trevor yeah. type thing. So, you know, I think it's going to be a good standalone movie. Just listening to myself here, I feel like I'm <laughs> somewhat exuding confidence in this movie. Yeah. And I like what the look of it here, and I'm excited to see Wonder Woman on screen in her own movie. And I, I wouldn't say that she was the breakout that a lot of people say she was in Batman vs. Superman. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm really looking forward to this portrayal, something different, going Greek, World War One, yes. modern day, to see if they can handle jumping around the different timelines. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. You know, I've been super set for this movie since it was announced. Um, Gal Gadot, for me, killed it in Batman v Superman. And then the first trailer we got with Comic-Con was just phew, blew me away. Yep. I think this trailer is even better than the first one, personally. Yep. I think it shows a little bit more. It's shot better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they had a little bit more time with this. Yeah. Do you think um, they're showing too much too early? Because we're still seven months away. No, I think they need to show this just to uh, let people know that, um, you know, Doctor Strange was coming out, actually, during this time. So I think DC wants some attention. Like, hey, look, we got a movie still coming out (laughs) here. So pay attention to us. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I agree with you completely there, Sanjay. Um, The the trailer for me, the first trailer from Comic-Con, one Comic-Con for... For me, and uh, I've been excited for this movie since BVS. So, uh, yeah, can't wait to see this in uh, March? March? Uh, June. 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 So, it'll be interesting yeah. to see this go up against uh, Logan, because I think Logan's kind of close to that. March. Uh, Logan's, oh, March. Well, Logan's March. Logan's March. Okay. This was originally set to go against Transformers, but then they're like, Transformers is like a billion-dollar juggernaut. Yeah. So, they moved Garbage. it forward uh, three weeks to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so get away from that. So. Yeah, smart move. Yeah, yeah it is, I agree. It is, yeah. I agree. I'm super excited for this. I mean, there's very few people online that are ragging on this trailer, so that's a, that's a good thing. This is Jeff John's first kind of hand in the yeah. Project, yeah. type thing, right? Yeah, so he has some like influence. How much influence? We don't know. Yeah. He could just be a name out there that could just gets be a like Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> well, he actually studied under um, the Superman One director Richard Donner, okay. so that's how he got his start was um, through that. So. Oh. Yeah, so I think he, you know, um, he's that's why he said when he came back from the shoot in London, he's like, wow, I'm getting a really, like, good Superman 1 vibe from this film. And just judging from the trailer, you can totally see it has that sort of, you know, that campy sometimes and yeah. the great action scenes. So. That's good. I just, you know, I just can't take any of WB's guys' words anymore. Though, because they, <laughs> they've abused it, right? With a lot of these movies that come out, they all give you the thumbs up. They all say it's good and good and this and that and... And then you get the final project, and it's it's not right. So well, for now, I'm not going to be like, "Oh, this movie was shit." Don't yeah, see well, it, right? You can't, you can't, right? But <laughs> you you got to pump your product, right? Definitely, and, definitely. You, know, you got to drop just... a few f bombs against Marvel here. Yeah, there, according to DC and Warner Brothers. So. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be fair, Robert Downey Jr. did say it first to DC, so I'm just putting it out there. That guy's allowed to say whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> you should have Jason Momoa and Robert Downey Jr. go head to head. Downey get the soon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well it's exciting times for all the cinematic universes here if hoping that this turns out to be a really good movie yeah and i think going off of this that it looks like it so far i'll be cautiously optimistic yes. and i stayed at arm's length with this i'm done watching trailers for here i've gone <laughs> one further than i usually go uh-huh. made an exception for here because i need to get more interested in this movie this trailer did that 
Awesome. Perfect. So. Are you guys going to make a prediction box office gross right now? Too early for Too me early. to see. I'm going to yeah. say, I'm going to throw it out there. You guys heard it here first. Like the guy who said the Cubs would win the World Series in 2016, Wonder Woman will hit more money than Batman v Superman. Ooh, that's I'm rich, calling it right now. You know, I'm actually curious to see, um, actually off of Ghost of Shell, how that, or Ghost, Ghost in the Shell, how that does with a yeah. female lead such yeah. as uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. So, yeah. Could yeah, be we'll a good see. backdoor pilot for Black Widow. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think they thought that way with Lucy, but... Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, if you want to be a part of the conversation here in the Nerd Room, you can always get us at hashtag into the Nerd Room. Our Twitter handle is at the end of the episode. You can always get us at thenerdrm at gmail.com. We are on Facebook. You can also comment on our YouTube page. Just search the Nerd Room Podcast. That's right, and this isn't the only show we do. We also have Rebels Alert. Woo, Rebels! Star Wars Rebels Alert, so you can always check us out on Mondays. Yes, we're running through, recapping, discussing all brand new episodes of Star Wars Rebels Alert. We took a little week off here because... Rebels took a week off, so we decided maybe this time we will. So make sure to go check that out every single Monday. Awesome. Woo! Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure talking Wonder Woman and catching up some of the news. Be sure to go back and check out our Doctor Strange review in episode number 47. Check out Doctor Strange. Yes, fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Fantastic so. beasts and where to find them. Check that out next week. Yeah. This week. This the, week. This week, yeah. yeah the next. reboot of the uh, Harry Potter franchise. Yes. Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> so he talks. <laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That should be your uh, go-to voice from yeah. now on. So. Yeah, my Snoke, Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. yeah. Until next week, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Sanjay. I'm Troy. And thank you for entering the Nerd Room. Okay, we're going to close this one. It's like a space door. <laughs> we are out. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. You can find our hosts, Tim, Sunday, and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM1912Podcasting and Troy, the boy 87